Welcome to the Innovative Teaching Podcast. Our goal is to bring you new ideas and encourage you to think outside the box when it comes to teaching and learning. My goal with the podcast today is to share seven steps to creating a, an escape room for your classroom and then four lessons I learned implementing an escape room in the classroom. So to start with, what is an escape room? An escape room, they've become very popular. I know around the Phoenix area, there's probably about seven or eight different places where you can pay and go and experience an escape room. So those are the professional escape rooms that are fully themed, um, include buildings, many different rooms. So if you want the real experience, you could do something like that. Patricia, have you ever tried it or heard about no, them? No, I would be scared if I get stuck or <laughs> know where to start. I have to go with someone smart enough like Jeanette and Zach to help me out. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm always afraid of going because I don't want to look dumb. It's like exactly. trying to figure out all the clues, trying to, yes, yes. I agree with you on that one. So think about going to an escape room with a group of people and think about it as a real life situation. If you were in a room trapped, who would be the key people to have to escape from that room? My husband, he went once, they did it as a team building activity for where he works. And he was saying, everybody's saying they want me on their team. And he's like, I don't understand. I'm like, it's because you're smart. You know how to solve problems exactly. pretty quickly. <laughs> so have a diverse group because you don't know what clues or information you have to solve. Yeah, because I know the one, we had a coworker that went to one, and it was based on being in a hotel room. So the whole theme and scenery was a hotel room, and they had to find clues and solve and get through the rooms. Other ones I've heard about, they had a, a lot of biology and chemistry um, questions to solve. And I'm like, oh, I would have been bad on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you want that diverse uh, background knowledge. Exactly. Uh, yes, yes. So the way I got started with an escape room, we just came up with an idea. We first did it here at South Mountain. We did it as a fun way to help get staff and faculty familiar with HLC. So that's the Higher Learning Commission when they come and they evaluate your campus and you get accredited. So we, it was just kind of a fun way to expose and help people remember that information. But I took it, took the idea and took it into my classroom. I teach CIS 105. And the steps that, I'm going to share seven steps that seem to work. And Patricia, you can chime in if there's something I forgot. But okay. for my classroom, the first thing I do is determine the outcome. So what information do I want my students to learn? Not only is the escape room a fun way to learn, but you want to make sure they learn the information you want them to learn that week. Step two is to pick out a theme and a story. You want a theme that kind of ties all the puzzles and all the information together. And if there's a story to go with it, that makes it even better. So the theme we've always worked with or we've worked with so far is there's a zombie outbreak and we're trying to find the cure for the virus. I just continued that one. We always try to do it in October around Halloween because it just kind of fits in. How did your students take that? They enjoyed it. Um, I Well, I was going to share it down below, but the one thing I do is I recruit students to help. So I had three students out of the class that actually helped me prepare everything. They had fun playing with the decorations and the props while we were setting everything up. Cool. And I didn't make it too scary. <laughs> I, would, I think the scariest thing I had was a zombie where it, it was activated by sound and would crawl across the floor. And that probably freaked out one or two of them. But other than that, that was the scariest thing. <laughs> Step three is to identify a space. 
we've done this escape room in two different areas. Here at South Mountain, we had three rooms. And of course, we had the keys to those rooms because it's our space. That worked out really well because they started in one area, had to solve a puzzle, get the keys, go to the next room, same thing, solve several puzzles there, and get the keys to the final room. And my classroom is a bit more challenging because I had one classroom. There were no doors. There were no keys. So I had to be really creative. I had half of the class in the front of the room working on computers doing an activity. And I somewhat transformed the back half of the room for the escape room. Not quite as good, not ideal, but it still worked because we turned the lights off in the back of the room. And then we just had the projector lights on up front or, you know, like the lights you have when you're presenting a PowerPoint or doing lecture in front of the room. We had those lights on in the front of the room, which put enough light to the back of the room for them to do the puzzles, but yet kept the atmosphere of it being kind of dark and zombie-like. Oh my God, just giving me a picture of a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to get that effect, but not anywhere close to it at the same time. Step four is selecting the puzzles. It, it can be challenging because you have your outcomes and the information that you want the students to learn. So then you find puzzles that will fit with that information. But sometimes you have a cool puzzle and you're trying to make the information fit with the puzzle. So it just depends on which way you want to work. It may be what you have talent for. You can also just Google puzzles on the internet to get ideas. I know last year when we were creating this, Patricia, we were, uh, our student worker, we were on the internet just looking for puzzles, trying to figure out what would work. Yes. But once you get more familiar with puzzles, you can do it quicker. Step five, you want to determine the size of the team. So once you have an idea of puzzles, first of all, you need to know how many puzzles you're going to have and then what it takes to solve those puzzles. You want to determine what size of the teams should be working through the escape room. In my experience, I think it should be somewhere three to five people. That seems to be the best because most time you have enough puzzles where you have individuals working on different puzzles. So not all five people are working on the same puzzle. You might have two people working on one puzzle, one person walking around looking for clues, and two other people working on a different puzzle. So did, you, so did you break them up in different teams, or were they all working to escape the classroom? No, I actually divided them up. So I have 19 students in my class. Three students were assisting with the escape room, so they were helping me monitor, make it happen, help students. The other students were divided up into groups of three. I did have one student absent, so I ended up with uh, three groups of five. And I made the um, the students not participating had to sit in the front of the room and stay facing forward so they wouldn't see what was going on in the back of the room. Step number six, you want to make sure that you do a walkthrough of the escape room. Patricia, I know that's something we did here where we had people kind of test it out before we had other people run through it. That really helps because you kind of get the kinks or the bugs or if there's a puzzle not quite working or you need to tweak something, you have time to do it before you have people actually doing the escape room. Yes, that's a good um, point because sometimes you know too much information about the escape room. You can't see it from someone else's point of view and you want to make sure you don't give too much information, but at least some clear instruction that they will be able to figure it out. Yes, definitely. Step seven, which I've already mentioned, is recruit two or three people to help you manage the escape room. It it gets kind of busy because I know we have one person kind of welcome people into the escape room and get them started, but then it helps to have people staged around different puzzles 
or in different rooms, depending upon how you're doing it, to give hints. So we kind of watch my ideal escape room. I want it to last about 30 minutes. And when I see students taking longer or getting hung up on a puzzle, then I have people positioned in order to give little hints to move them along a bit. So how long did your class take? Well, my class, I teach from 6 to 8.30 p.m. in the evening. So it took us all two and a half hours to get everybody through. By the time we set up, explained it, got everybody going, and then, yeah, in transition between the groups, it took us pretty much the whole time. Okay. Jeanette, can you give us an example of some of the puzzles you used in the escape room? Yeah, and this is where I have fun. I'm a creative person, so I have fun with it. But I like starting off with the puzzle. Remember last year we did like a heart-shaped puzzle because yes. it tied into our a vision. college. Yes, mm -hmm. into our vision, a college with a heart. Well, this time I took a zombie sign, and in a way it was kind of bad because it was a decoration that had the exact same design on both sides. But I cut it out into puzzle pieces. And before I cut it up, I wrote on one side. So the clue is written on one side of the puzzle. But then when you had the puzzle pieces out, it was a, a complicated puzzle to put together because the image was the same on both sides. That was a double challenge. <laughs> yes, yes. And that was not intentional. It's just as I did it, I'm like, oh, that's going to make that a little bit more challenging than intended. They did just fine with it. Another example, since it was CIS 105 content, and one of the things we've been looking at is the visual basic editor. One of the clues that they got was, if you excel with VBA, a, a message awaits you. What they had to do was figure out that there was an Excel file on a thumb drive that they found. They had to take the thumb drive, put it into the computer. They had to find the Excel file, open up Excel, go into the visual basic editor, and then they would find the clue within the, the scripting of the visual basic. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it made it kind of fun, but you have to be creative with it. Mm -hmm. You have to think outside the box. That's really cool that, because that's the content you cover in CIS 105. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I did this escape room in place of a quiz, because typically students read the chapter and then they have a quiz. I don't do traditional quizzes. I do hands-on activity type things instead of here, sit down and answer these 10 questions on Canvas. So the escape room was in place of the quiz. I even had a student, uh, first day or two of class, he goes, oh, I like taking quizzes in this class. <laughs> <laughs> so what I learned from this experience, these are always good takeaways. The puzzle was too hard because it was double-sided. So look at your students and what the puzzle looks like, and next time I won't, um, I, I won't do the double-sided, but with adults it would probably be good. In general, the puzzles I created for my students, so all the puzzles across the escape room that I had, they were a little bit too challenging for the group that I work with this this time around. I would probably just modify them a bit, but not too much, but keep that in mind. Think of the age group, the content, and their critical thinking skills, basically, problem solving. I like to use distractions in escape rooms. So escape rooms, you don't want just everything goes to solve a puzzle. Instead, you put a couple of distractor items. Well, with the group of students I worked with this time, there were too many distraction items. Mm -hmm. So I needed to remove a couple of those. With the adults, remember the escape room we did here, though, at South Mountain? Do you, I don't think we had too many. No, and we had a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I felt with the adults it was fine, but with the students, the, the class I'm teaching now is a little bit younger class than what I typically teach. But, um, yeah. It was Maybe just, when you're younger you have more of that curiosity and you just get into everything. <laughs> yeah. And when you're an adult, there's a purpose here. <laughs> well, and I think partially with the younger students, they're fresh out of high school. So they're thinking that everything that they're everything that's placed there has to be used. Exactly. Where when you get older, your critical thinking skills are a little bit better and it's like, uh, this doesn't seem like it fits and you mm -hmm. just move along. Yeah. Another thing is I really believe the multiple rooms is easier because trying to just do it in the classroom was challenging. However, don't let that stop you because I figured out how to make it work and it did work. But multiple rooms is better if you uh, have that luxury. And then students really love the trailer video. I was shocked. I do a little trailer video to set the the atmosphere, set the environment, and then introduce the story to the escape room. And they were clapping at the end of the video. They really loved the video. So make sure you take that time to create a video that sets the mood for the escape room. During our zombie escape room, too, we also had a video of zombie-type um, images. And it was not scary. We found one that was, like, okay. And then also music playing. So that set the theme behind. And we tried, <laughs> didn't we try it last year? Didn't we try the... Um, the fogger? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so a fogger can really help set the scene, too. But we realized that inside our space here, we, we would not be able to use no, it. No, it makes you cough a lot. We were afraid we were going to set off a smoke alarm Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're brand new to escape rooms, there is an organization and a website called Breakout EDU. It's a little bit more geared toward K-12. But if you've never, ever done one and you just want to have a place to get started, it's an excellent place to go. You can pay, I think, around $30 for the intro and get kind of the tools. Um, they'll have puzzles, and you can even buy a kit that has the lockbox. I went to Walmart, and I just picked up different little toolboxes and then picked up combination locks with letters and numbers and then the other what do you call it like the five digit number letter where you can exchange the the i don't know what you call them <laughs> where you exchange the the, le the letters yeah the letters and numbers you can slide them on and off and set it up and you also had mm -hmm. a pen that you mm -hmm. could write on and it glows in the dark yeah, with the glow-in-the-dark pen, I had a deck of cards for how to survive zombies. <laughs> so we would always go in and write an invisible message using that pen on one of the cards. And then when students shine the light on the card, it reveals the, the code word. Yeah, so that worked really well, too. So those are the seven steps I used to design an escape room. There is a good bit of work up front, especially if you've never done one before. The one I used for my class, I was able to reuse from what we had done here at South Mountain the year before. But definitely venture into it. Students have fun with it. It challenges them, and it, it takes your information and it presents it in a way that they'll remember. We'll get some of those resources into the show notes for you. We will see you next week with our innovative podcast. Bye.